The Town Whispers is a narrative horror podcast that will tell the many stories hidden behind the fog and the rain and the trees of the Pacific Northwest. But it's the plans which were laid long before you and I and many, many generations before us were born that are why I must warn you. Listener discretion is advised. They hadn't yet made it back into the moonlight. Tom on the reverend's back, his arms slung over his shoulders before the screams started. And by the time they'd made it outside, those screams had already begun to turn to hoarse, airy whines in the night. The righteous reverend Albert struggled to carry Tom at points, nearly dragging him by his hair. He had carried him out on his back, and it hadn't been easy. Along with the screams, Tom had begun to spasm and buck. Reverend Albert had fallen to a knee, unable to steady himself and hold tightly to Tom at the same time. He tried more than once to turn his face toward Tom to quiet him, at first shushing him and eventually more quickly than he'd like to admit, yelling for Tom to shut his mouth out of frustration. But any time he'd turn his head to try and get a glimpse of Tom and make that human connection that the boy needed, he'd stumble and nearly drop them both. It wouldn't have mattered anyways. Tom had neither recognized the words spoken by the Reverend nor obeyed his gruff command so far, and he had very little doubt that Tom was about to start any time soon. As they exited the cave young LaPont boy finally pushed hard enough against the reverend's back and fallen off into the cold frost-covered mud outside. Tom writhed about, staring and swatting at imaginary things in the air. His screams sounded more like the whimperings of an animal caught in a trap. They were fragmented half-words and sounds as if the cave walls had institutionalized him and the very air touched by the light of the moon was driving him to despair in his shattered state. The Reverend looked at the boy with pity, remembering his own past and those unfortunate things which had happened to him once upon a time. 
Reverend Albert turned to regard the cave, giving Tom a moment to perhaps calm down. That rocky cavern was probably part of the same subterranean system. The same never-ending serpent encased in rock as the cavity in the earth where he himself had nearly had his jaw ripped from his face. These twin galleries of dank, wet rock seemed to have tried to swallow the pair of them, but they'd escaped. Because they were strong, and of course, because Reverend Albert would never let the man in the cave win. The score was already favoring the man made of shadow, and had been for years, and no doubt Tom having found himself face to face with his brother Ben, Ben who always sat up straight in church and seemed to smile with his eyes when he sung hymns, would undoubtedly have been the doing of that very same man. The same man who had once told young Albert he'd been doing good, that he'd been saving the children he'd taken to him, saving them from fathers and mothers who were brutish and violent tyrants just like his own father had been. The same man who preyed on his needs for love and affection, both the playful company of other children and the encouraging words of a father. The same man who killed little Matthew and no doubt the rest of the boys and girls Albert had taken to him before leaving them in the dark with the man. Of course, that same man, the man in the cave who had killed Albert, had also rebirthed him, made him more than he ever could have been otherwise, sending whatever fueled his mind with bright and vivid thoughts and his body with strength and agility scrambling down his throat, that, that feeling, oh god, that, that feeling, he could remember that distinct, sickening feeling that made him feel less human and more like roadkill. The claws that ripped and tore and grabbed for purchase, pulling its horrid little body deeper, deeper into Albert. He could still feel its scabby, diseased skin rubbing against the lining of his throat. He could still taste the pus that oozed from its sores onto his tongue as it squeezed its hairless, rat-like little body and loose skin past his teeth and down into him. To gnaw away those things that made Albert human. And he could still feel it twitch and continue settling in the spot where he thought his heart should have been instead. The individual who the reverend had called the man in the cave, the man Albert hated and despised, the one who'd done to Tom what he'd done to Albert, trying to break his mind and twist him, to exert his influence on him and make him just another unwitting puppet of the long shadows, was also the man that Albert held affection for and loved loved much more than he'd loved his own father and loved enough to still hear the way he told Albert he was special and smart all those years ago. Now, that's not much, but it was more than he would have ever been told and more affection than he would ever have been given otherwise. Ben LaPont, or the remains of Ben. Reverend Albert hadn't given it much thought hurrying to secure Tom to drag him away from whatever tendrils were set to sucker and cling to him, but what exactly had the eldest LaPont boy become? 
Asking Tom, of course, would have been helpful, but Tom's mind was predisposed at the moment with other things. Those answers would have to wait. The Reverend wasn't exactly surprised to have seen what had once been Mildred's oldest child fused and stitched into rock, his face disfigured, half rotten and half knotted, making sickly wet words with what looked to be a crude imitation of a mouth made of corded muscle. He was curious, of course. The boy had not ended up there by accident. Plans set many years before his birth had led him to that fate. The righteous reverend merely wondered what those plans were. Thank God he'd gotten there in time, though. There was no telling what might have happened to Tom as well, and the reverend felt a pinch of pride as he patted himself on the back, before picking Tom back up and slinging him onto his back again. He was proud of himself, but he was more grateful for Mother Cyprian and her constant guidance. If she hadn't come to him earlier that evening, he wouldn't have had that chance to save Tom. He wouldn't have even known. If the man in the cave was Reverend Albert's surrogate father, then he thought to himself often. Mother Cyprian would, of course, be his surrogate mother. Or perhaps they were the angel and devil each perched on opposite shoulders, whispering into opposite ears. Whichever it was, in his own way, he loved them both deeply. The sun had begun to rise in what could only be described as rare, bordering on peculiar. Rays shot over the mountains to the north of the river and east of the fort, sending angelic beams of light through the valleys and peaks of those hills. The morning lit the trees like an obscurely patterned lantern, the yellows and orange glow silhouetting the foliage of the forest setting it ablaze. As the reverend carried the boy on his back, he could feel Tom settling down. The light of the morning, that warm orange and yellow light coming through the trees and, and the soft blue of the cold morning sky, it was, it was calming the boy down. Tom's eyes focused once more, not fully himself, but no longer lost behind nightmarish figments of his own imagination. He stared at the morning sky. He'd seen an innumerable amount of gray and dreary mornings, but on one hand he could count the mornings like these, he thought. And had he said the words aloud, Reverend Albert would have agreed. Living much longer, but perhaps also only being able to count those rare sunny early mornings on one hand as well. Tom finally relaxed and fell into the reverend's back, letting his weight rest, not questioning the position he found himself in, not having much recollection since the cave at all, but also not willing to rustle the filthy sediments that rested in the waters of his mind. Reverend Albert continued to trudge, rhythmically keeping his balance as he slid in the mud. He could see the outline of the LaPont home now, as the darkness had finally fully given way to morning. If these had been normal circumstances, he would of course reprimand the boy. If these were normal circumstances, he would preach some nonsense he didn't believe about fire and brimstone to some foolish parent who'd let their children run rampant. But the night's events had not been normal, and Tom's mother was Mildred. Mildred, who Albert still remembered fondly, 
had run her fingers along his hair, with a world of care hidden inside of her when he needed it most. He still felt that flush in his cheeks thinking of her, but he knew his words were not welcome on her ears. She wouldn't listen, and she'd shun him. What he'd done for her and her boy, she wouldn't care. He was a grown man, but the sting of rejection, especially where it concerned Mildred, still hurt the reverend. If he were still that slow, fat, desperate child all those years ago. The reverend and Tom arrived at the bottom step of the LaPont home, and Reverend Albert let Tom down and off his back. The boy stood beside him silently, as Reverend Albert regarded him for a moment, examining him. Tom looked down as if in shame. Thank you. A whisper from Tom LaPont. Albert thought to himself, who would have thought that? Tom, who had always been so loud and boisterous, actually capable of a whisper. The Reverend placed a hand on Tom's bony shoulder. Come to the church tomorrow. I'll make sure you have plenty to do, and keep that mind of yours busy as well. Tom instantly looked up as if he'd just been given chores that tinge of resentment in his eyes. Do not tell your mother about what happened in that cave. Tom instantly looked back down, hiding his face in shame from the reverend. Yes, sir. The reverend straightened himself into an imposing figure, setting an image of authority in the boy's mind as he walked back into his home, looking much worse for wares, if only a part of him was actually returning. Reverend Albert turned to leave, hoping Mildred had not seen him, and hoping Tom would be alright until tomorrow. The clouds which so very much loved to hug the fort had returned, and that glorious morning sunlight was already a fading memory. The air had already begun to condense and thicken with the moisture of coming rains. It was unseasonably warm, thought the reverend to himself, as he tried in vain to keep his mind from what he'd seen, the way Ben had melted into the floor, the way he just persisted in that state. He began thinking of all the terrible and shocking things he'd seen in his life, which included more than his fair share of the unexplainable and unimaginable, of course being who and what he was put him into constant contact with those things which the regular townsfolk refused to see despite it tearing at their calves as they eagerly walked away from it. But Ben, and whatever that glowing moss or whatever it was, seemed to spring forth from the rotting, stinking spot where that fraction of Ben remained, was unlike anything he'd ever seen. The Reverend was already planning what he'd tell Mother Cyprian. She too played a dangerous game of tightrope, although to what extent the Reverend didn't know. They'd been close at a time. He still held reverence for her. But time tears those relationships asunder if they aren't kept up. And despite the Reverend considering Mother Cyprian as a surrogate mother, time had torn them apart. 
Reverend Albert was just glad she'd come to him when she needed to. When Tom needed his help. To keep him from... Albert had been woken from a deep sleep. He'd grabbed his coat and boots and run out into the night. The reverend had sprinted as fast as his aging body would carry him to the exact spot she'd said Tom would be. Until that moment, the thought hadn't occurred to him. How had she known? Today's episode was written and performed by Cole Weavers. Sound production and editing by Matt Black. Our theme song is by the ever-wonderful Charlie P.S. The fort is built on secrets and shadows, on unspoken truths and the designs of the long shadows, whoever they may be. But it's also built on the support of its townsfolk. Would you like to support our tiny little monstrosity of a town by mending the roof of the church? Or keeping the doors of the sanatorium for the lost and unwanted open? Or perhaps you'd rather help build a mausoleum for the ones who will never die? In thanks for your support, and for only a few dollars a month, you'll receive episodes of The Town Whispers released early and forever ad-free, as well as exclusive short stories and one-shots to expand your knowledge of what lays dormant and watching under the earth. Would you like to see, with your own frail eyes that can only see what can be imagined by the goodness of a heart drenched in humanity by receiving digital rewards of the visual variety? All this and more will be revealed on our Patreon. Please consider joining us at www.patreon.com slash thetownwhispers. If you would like to support us in other ways, please consider following us on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter at The Town Whispers, or by leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information on the show, please head on over to www.thetownwhispers.com. I got the ghost of you inside of my head. What I'm supposed to do, the blood has been shed. He got a dark past in a soul that's unfed. What I'm supposed to do. Yes. Yeah.